0: Hopefully you've found a Bible and you've turned to Psalm 23. We're going to continue on through in verse 4. Uh, verse 4 is, Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's where we're going to rest today and, and really pick that apart and see what does that mean for us today. The truth is this, that there are dark valleys. There are dark times in our life. Other translations, we've, we've learned this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And so there are very, very dark times in our lives. What we find, though, is comfort, and we find courage. And that's the message title today, Courage and Comfort. And as we look at this, uh, what we're seeing is, is the tra- transition has been uh, God who, who is there for us. He's my shepherd, right? I have everything I need. And then it shows where he leads us. And we saw the first part, that he leads us uh, into rest, right, and rejuvenation and nourishment. It's the green pastures and still or quiet waters. And then he leads us into right paths or in righteousness, that he, where he leads, we can follow, and it's always right. It's always right. Today, we transition a little more. It's not only just leading, but he's, he's there with us, side by side. It becomes more personal today as we look at the passage, and uh, we see him with us, not just leading us, but with us through life's darkest valleys. So that's where we're going to be today. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and we'll get into the text, and, uh, and we'll break it down. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to be together today. We're so grateful to, to look to your word and have that opportunity. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds as we look to your word. That God, you would fill us up with more of you and God, you would help us to decrease so that God, your name, your great name would be displayed. Father, as we look to this sermon today, as we look to this message, as we look to this passage of, of deep, dark valleys, God, and the courage and comfort we find with you, God, I pray that you would help us Help us identify those dark valleys, and God, that as we as we walk through this life and, and the darkness that's there, that we would look to you and we would trust you, and God, that you would give us courage and strength, and that you would be a comfort and a guide for us. God, we trust you, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the text is as always Psalm twenty three. I'm going to read the full text, and again, I encourage you just to listen right now. Um, we we have so many ways we've heard this and memorized it, and it kind of drowned out by that memory. So just really think through and, and listen through the words as I read them. Don't read along or follow along in your Bible. Uh, you can do that later. Uh, and we'll follow along with other texts in a few minutes. But right now, just, just still, still yourself. Be, be quiet. Listen and let God's word penetrate your hearts, maybe afresh or anew. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Well, today, again, we're looking at courage and comfort, and uh, i I've I don't know about you, but as we've gone through this passage and this series, it's really helped me refresh and renew my thoughts about it. Uh, I'm one of those that that memorizes scripture and then lets it just be a memory and not really let it sink down deep. And I I need to relook at those things so it does sink down deep. So today we're looking at courage and comfort. Uh, Number one is this. Uh, We have courage and comfort as we walk through the darkest valley as we walk through the darkest valley. So there's courage and comfort as we walk through the darkest valley. There needs to be a connection there. Usually dark valleys are places of fear and turmoil and stress and anxiety, and and we still even show that even as Christ followers. But for you and I as Christ followers, people who have Jesus as our good shepherd, when we walk through the darkest valley, there needs to be courage and comfort there. So we're gonna look at what that means today. First of all, it says, even when I go through the darkest valley. So even when I go, here's something that needs to be expressed. Uh, the dark valley is not a place that we should be paralyzed and stop everything and, and wait and wait and wait and wait. We are going to go. We are going to walk. Even though I walk, it, it, is, it is a progression. We are going to walk. And, and one of the things that I even struggle with as I've prepared for this message and, and thought about this text, I tend to think of us as living in the valley of the shadow of death, which, which I believe we do. And this life, we live in the valley of the shadow of death. But when we talk about it as though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, it almost seems like I'll never get out of it, right? I'm staying put, I'm I'm sitting here in the valley of the shadow of death. The scriptures here say, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death. See, for a Christ follower, and we'll build on this, but for a Christ follower, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We can see that there's another side. We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's so important for us to go and to walk because that makes progress and builds character and faith, and, and, and we understand that we're walking through it, that there's going to be an end to it. When we talk about the, the translation of darkest valley, uh, it's translated several different ways, and, and people wrestle with what this means, and I think it actually means multiple things, but the translations are, are deep darkness, right? We see this here, the darkest valley is expressed in uh, the CSB text. So there's deep darkness, dark valley, There's there's it's dark as death, or it's as Dark as the sh- or valley of the shadow of death. So we see those renderings and translations there. Uh, and here's the point of this. When, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin entered the world, death entered the world. And now there is a valley of the shadow of death. Now there is deep darkness that's all around. And, and I think there are kind of three ways to look at it. There's probably more, but three ways to look at what is this, this deep darkness? What is the valley of the shadow of death? Well, it, one is this it's actually that we're actually facing death, that, that death seems imminent, that this body, this shell, this temporary tent is about to be extinguished. Now, that doesn't mean our soul, but it means this body. And, and many face that. You have a, a prognosis of cancer, an imminent terminal illness. Something's coming up. You, you know your last breath is soon. There's an imminence to that. And I, I've been with so many people who are facing that last breath. And I've seen their faith in Christ either just grow stronger and pour into them the hope and and joy that they see that light at the end of the tunnel is right there, that God has guided them through the valley of the shadow of death, and now he was guiding them into eternity. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. I've I've seen people who aren't Christ followers, who don't have a hope or a firm foundation in Christ, who have gone to that edge, and there is darkness and deeper despair than ever because they are so terrified of what lies beyond or what is next. So it could be that we're actually facing death, it also could be that we're facing an especially trying time, an especially trying time. There, there's all kinds of things going on. I mentioned last week, uh, I think it was outside I mentioned this, but we, as, as parents in our, in our communities right now, maybe across the United States uh, in different places, but especially in Northern California and in California in general, we, we, are, we are distance learning as parents right now, and students are distance learning and, it, and there, this week was was not free of tears and anxiety and frustration, and and it seems like this this valley of the shadow of death that we're going into. God bless teachers for all they do, and they are working so hard and so diligent uh, for our children, and we so appreciate that right now. But it, it's a new valley. It's a it's especially a trying time for us. So it's not only am I actually facing death; I'm, I'm actually in a trying time. But I think there's, there's another thing that really helps us look at this in a deeper way. Um, there, it's a bigger picture here, uh, that, that this life, and and waiting for the restoration to come, waiting for the redemption to come in Christ Jesus at the end, that this life is actually the valley of the shadow of death. That we are, as we live this life, we are c- consistently and constantly walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There are There are higher joys at times, and there are deeper sorrows, but all of it is the value of a shadow of death. I want to read a passage. It's not actually in your notes there on the screen. Uh, it's in Romans chapter eight. And, and you can just listen and maybe turn there later or go back and get the reference and look it up. But it's Romans eight, and we're looking at verses 18 through 28. Paul writes this to the Romans. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So listen, there's There's a suffering going on now, but there is a glory going to be revealed. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, in this life, we suffer. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. So creation is there struggling. Here's what it goes on to say in 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as firstfruits, we also groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for adoption and redemption of our bodies. So even even as Christ followers, even us who have the Spirit of God inside of us, As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as we suffer, as as these things groan, we are groaning. We groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting that day when it will all be over and all be redeemed and uh, renewed. It says, now in this hope we are saved, but hope that is uh, seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? See, we're in the valley of the shadow of death. We know there's hope on the way. There's a, a light out there, but we don't understand it fully, but we hope in it. Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await with patience. We have to navigate with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. So in the valley of the shadow of death and our weakness, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. You think you and I are groaning in this valley. Guess who is too? Jesus in his Holy Spirit as he as He intercedes to the Father on our behalf, groaning. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It's so great to know that God is on our side, that the Holy Spirit is groaning with us and praying and interceding when we don't even understand what the groans mean. And it goes on, it says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to to his purpose. Uh, it's a rich, rich text, and it's one of those texts that, that shows us that there is groaning, that this life is the valley of the shadow of death. And now, listen, we may not like this, but we must understand that the darkest valleys that we face, the deepest depths, the, the mighty caverns that we walk through, are as much one of God's right paths for us as the green pastures and quiet waters that he leads us to we don't like to hear that we like to think oh it's a green pasture it's still water that's where I that's where I'm just going to be there and content and we even say it that way I'm going to be content there God says I, I'm your shepherd I'm leading you and I'm leading you on right paths and I, and I might be even leading you between the the mountaintops and mountaintops or the pastures and the pastures and the still waters and still waters and as I lead you I might might lead you through and I certainly will go through the deepest darkest valleys but they are as much a right path as the green pastures and quiet waters. We may not understand it this side of heaven, but as we follow our shepherd, there is not one wasted step on the journey. He's taking care of us, and all things are working together for our good and ultimately for his glory. But there will be suffering. Romans 5, 3-5 through says this, Not only that, we boast in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. You see, through affliction, we increase in character and hope, and that hope does not disappoint us. And that's, that's the point of the valley, that hope will rise up stronger, that faith will increase, that we will grow in character. James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, says this in James 1, Verses two through four. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You see, there is is intention behind the valleys, the deepest valleys, the darkest valleys, the valley of the shadow of death. There's intention there. God is doing something. God is still guiding and leading. God is still producing character in us and moving us to more nourishment and more growth. It often takes the journey through the valley in order for us to arrive at our next fertile pastures. See, our courage and comfort comes from believing God's promise to grow our faith in those valleys. Now, number two, courage and comfort is there so that we would walk without fear. We have courage and comfort to walk without fear. In our passage in Psalm 23, it says, even though when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger or fear no evil, as some translations say, but I will fear no danger. How? How do we fear no danger? How do we have no fear? Well, here's the important thing here. Uh, It is the shadow of death that we see here. It's the shadow of death that we see here. I want to read a passage of one of the commentaries, a portion of Charles Spurgeon, his commentary on this passage. So we talk about this being a shadow. It's the shadow, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or deep darkness. Think about this. It's it's cavernous, right? It's, 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 a, it's a deep valley. It's similar as you go down the canyon between Mount Shasta and Reddy and you head, head to Dunsmere and it just goes, right? And that's not saying anything against Dunsmere, that it's a dark, cavernous valley, but it is, right? And the sun rises later and it sets earlier because the mountains are on each side, and it casts big, long shadows, and there's a lot of shadow during the day. Here, here's what he says, though. Spurgeon says this about it. How do, we, how do we have this no fear? He says, this is not the valley of death, but the valley of the shadow of death. For death in its substance has been removed, and only the shadow of it remains. Someone has said that when there is a shadow, there must be light somewhere. Death stands by the side of the highway in which we have to travel. And the light of heaven shining upon him throws a shadow across our path. Let us then rejoice that there is a light beyond. A shadow cannot stop a man's pathway even for a moment. So let us therefore not be afraid. I will fear no evil. Not even the evil one himself. I will look upon him as a conquered foe, an enemy to be destroyed. This is the joy of the Christian. It's an amazing thing. How do we live with no fear? Uh, we are not actually in the valley of death. We're in the valley of the shadow of death. It's just a shadow. Death, death, no longer has victory over us. We see that throughout the scriptures. In John sixteen. He talks about the fear that's coming. Uh, John 16, 32 and 33. Jesus says, indeed, an hour is coming and it has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Jesus understanding that. There's a time coming. You're all going to leave me. You're all going to forsake me. You're going to be gone. And there's a time coming where that's going to happen to you. You're going to be scattered. Uh, I'm not alone, though. Huh, that's interesting. He's not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace peace you will have suffering in this world be courageous I have conquered the world you see there's a conqueror death no longer has a hold on someone who has faith in Jesus Christ it's about Christ being in me and that knowing that the victory has already been won that he has conquered it we see this in 1 John as well, uh, talking about testing the spirits and testing what's there. And, and, and is there going to be something that comes against me that, that makes me change my heart or change my mind? And uh, in, in 1 John 4, it says this, chapter or verses 1 through 4 Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see her if they are from God. Because many false prophets, false shepherds, right? We talked about that, have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now is already in the world. You, verse 4, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Conquered what? Those spirits. Death. Because... The one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. What a wonderful promise that is. You and I can conquer nothing apart from Jesus Christ. But in Christ, when we have Christ and we have faith in Christ, he is the one who has conquered Satan. So if Christ is in me, I can say greater is the one that's in me than he that is in the world. Listen, because our great God humbled himself and he, he died the death that you and I deserve, he conquered death, and now in Christ and through faith in Christ, only the shadow of death remains. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55-57, we're exhorted that death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about you and I having faith and believing today. Believing the gospel, the message of peace. Jesus came because we were sinful. Because we deserve to die the death that he died for us. He came to free us from death. To free us from the fear of death. To free us from the, 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 uh, to free us from sin and the power that sin has over our lives. Jesus paid that price to give us freedom and now only the shadow remains. He is the only victory. It's really important to understand that. Jesus is the only victory. He continually, and, and we say it's narrow-minded. Oh, it's narrow-minded to say Jesus is the only way. I think it's wonderful that we, we know that there's a way and we know that, what that way is. How gracious of God to say, hey, I'm the way. Come this way. Don't go there. Come this way. That's not narrow-minded at all. It's extremely compassionate and gracious that God flings open the door and says, here's the door. Come through. I'm here. I'm ready. I want you. I've paid for you. Believe and trust me today. Only the Lord Jesus can lead a person through death. All other guides or false shepherds They're going to turn back at the sign of death and let the traveler go it alone. But listen, through faith in Christ, there is no danger to fear when the shepherd is near. There's no danger to fear when the shepherd is near. And that leads us to number three courage and comfort are in the shepherd's presence, they're found in the shepherd's presence. We have courage and comfort because he is there. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. At this point, we should find extreme comfort here and extreme courage here because the shepherd is no longer addressed as he. The Lord is my shepherd, right? He leads me. Now it it turns the corner and says, I'm going to fear no danger because you are with me. It's personal. It's no longer that the shepherd is just leading the sheep. And, and see, we get in this place where we look at him as he, and it's, uh, we're going to follow him, and I'm going to be guided by him. And, and it gets to be legalistic. It gets to be this religion that so many people in the world hate. And I agree. Religion is no good without a relationship with God. See, following the, the shepherd is not where it's at. It's about being in relationship with the shepherd. And understand here, it's no longer that that the shepherd is just leading the sheep. He's like, I'm here to lead you. But he is now alongside his sheep as an escort. Our shepherd is accompanying us. This is the difference between playing follow the leader as a child and a child taking their parent's hand as they cross a busy street. You see the difference there? I I could certainly write out all the rules and all the protocol and all of the things that my child would need to know. If I here, you go to the grocery store and get a gallon of milk, I could write down every turn and every caution and every, every, every experience. I could write it down for them to follow those instructions. Or I could go with them. And when something's a little shaky, I, I just reach down and I take their hand and I walk alongside them. That's the benefit we have of the shepherd. The shepherd is not just way ahead of us leading us. When it comes to the deepest, darkest valleys, that shepherd comes and says, I'm going to be right here with you. In fact, there are so many times that I I know that he has grabbed me and he's picked me up and he has carried me. I'm sure you felt that too. This is the difference though between legalism and a trusting, saving relationship in Jesus Christ. If, if maybe you're one of those that, that is following all the, all the orders that's following all the rules that, that has their life squared away, but you don't know the shepherd. you follow, but you don't know the shepherd. You don't feel the shepherd's presence. you don't, you don't feel that that hug or that hand or that you can hold. You aren't guided and you you aren't, you aren't have, uh, excelling in courage and, and comfort because he's there, re- relying on his presence. Listen, it's not enough that the shepherd leads us. He must be the shepherd that walks alongside of us. So put your faith in that shepherd, the one who walks with us. God is our shepherd and we should follow him, but not only because he's God, but because he is the God who broke into human history. He left his throne in heaven and humbled himself, became flesh and blood for you and I. He became flesh and blood so he could pour out that life In our place, he condescended, he humbled himself and pursued us with this covenant love and now he's given himself to redeem us and to reveal his glory. We follow him, not blindly, not out of legalism, but we follow him because of what he's done and who he is to us. He is a covenant God. Isaiah 41, eight through 10 says this, but you Israel, my servant, "'Jacob, whom I have chosen, "'descendant of Abraham, my friend, "'I brought you from the ends of the earth "'and called you from the farthest corners. "'I said to you, you are my servant. "'I have chosen you. "'I have, haven't rejected you.'" Verse 10, "'Do not fear, for I am with you.'" There's God's presence right there. "'I am with you. "'Do not be afraid, for I am your God, "'a covenant God, a pursuing God.'" Right. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. That, that's the God that we're following. That's this good shepherd that we're following. That's the good shepherd that is accompanying us on this journey through the valley of the shadow of death. The Father says, I've got you. I've got you. Even when no one else does, I've got you. Paul understood this when he wrote to Timothy. No one else came to his rescue. He said, at my first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But here's what he says in verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might fully preach the word and uh, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Listen, here's the promise. The Lord will rescue me. From every evil work and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, this is about God's glory. It's about the good shepherd getting credit for this. And that we talked about that last week. The the whole passage here hinged on the end of verse three. It's for his name's sake. But that trust in God is supreme that we would let our, tr- our, our hearts trust in him, let our hearts rest in him, find courage in him, and find comfort in him in his presence. It's only when we understand and know and focus on his presence more that co- courage and comfort will rise to the occasion. And I love how he says, "...the Lord will rescue me and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom." That that is a promise of God, not something that you or I can accomplish, but a promise of God. Finally, number four. We have courage and comfort because the shepherd guards and guides. Because the shepherd guards and guides. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rod and staff are what we're going to talk about here for a moment. And, and, and think about this as a shepherd. And, and a shepherd usually had a rod and a staff. And the, a rod was a, a shorter club, kind of like a baseball bat, and, and they would have it with them. And it would be a, a tool to defend the sheep, that they would come in, in defense and guard their flock. They would use it to fend off wild animals and to, to, to hit them and, and uh, guard their, their flock, right? So it was, a, it was an offensive tool and a defensive tool that they would use. And then they had the staff, which was like a shepherd's staff with a crook neck on it. And and the staff was for the sheep. The rod was for evil and danger the, the and, and to guard the sheep. But the the, the rod, or the, the staff, I'm sorry, was for the sheep. It had a crook so he could pull out a sheep out of a briar patch or push uh, push branches aside and, and help the sheep get out. Uh, the, it was also long enough where, where the, the shepherd could use it to guide the sheep and bump them up this way, this way, not that way, come this way. You see, there's a guide there. The shepherd is there to guide the sheep and not let them wander off. So he can grab onto them and pull them. He can tap them and push them and guide them and lead them. This is what the shepherd is doing. He has a rod and a staff. And and here's the interesting thing. The rod and staff are there. And David says, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You, You know, we have to understand we don't understand like God does. We don't totally get what God gets, and, and, and we aren't on the same page all the time. We are, as scripture is pointing out, sheep, and, and sheep are dumb. Now, here, here's the deal uh, we tend to think sometimes, well, that's kind of harsh uh, that God would, would grab me with a, a, a shepherd's crook and pull me towards him, or, or he'd bump me on the butt and move me some other direction. That's harsh. I don't don't, don't like that kind of guy. That seems like like he's a little more authoritative than than I want him to be. Listen, listen. Maybe it's harsh too when you see him hitting a wild animal and defending, right? You're like, oh, I I don't want to see that. You and I are sheep. And the truth is this. Without the good shepherd, we are dead meat. That's what we are. That's what sheep were in the ancient world. That's what sheep are today. Without someone, someone there to guard and guide them, because they, they don't really get it all, without someone there to guard and guide them, they are dead meat. Now, for you and I, we, if we can rest there and say, you know what? Yeah, God is in, in his defense of me and in his guiding of me. I may not totally understand. I may not totally get it, but he's guiding me. I, I was uh, shared a, a sermon, a podcast by Tim Keller by one of our friends in the church, and, and Tim Keller said this about sheep. He, he understood this experience. Um, there's a, a farm with sheep on it, and the, the shepherd, and this is kind of more modern day, uh, would always have to make sure to protect the sheep from parasites. And what they would do is they'd bring the sheep over, and they, there's a big vat of like this antiseptic, right? This antiseptic liquid that was deep. It was a little pool, like a a trough. And and the sheep would come over and the sheep would have to be set inside of this bath. And it wasn't enough for the sheep to just swim around in it and be covered and clean and be totally ready to face parasites. The sheep had to be, by their shepherd, pushed under the antiseptic all the way, submerged totally and completely. And I'm sure, and, and the story goes, that those sheep looked up at their master, their shepherd, said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't get it. I think I'm going to drown. And the shepherd would then let them up. The sheep would go out and the sheep then would go out freely and pasture and be guided and guarded by that shepherd. And it would live because it would not succumb to the parasites and critters and creatures that it would have succumbed to had it not been in the antiseptic. You see, we don't understand. There are days and times we feel like we're drowning. We feel like the valley of the shadow of death is just the deepest despair that we are facing. and We don't get it. It's okay to not get it. What we have to get is we have a good shepherd and that he is always good and his paths are always right. Even the dark valleys are the paths that he leads us on. But it says that he will be with us and he will lead us through. He will guard us and he will guide us. You know, there are a lot of times and in instances in our lives where I'm guessing you, you also can look back and you can say, man, I, I didn't understand it then, but I am so grateful for it now. How many, how many unanswered prayers are you so grateful for? Because if God would have answered that prayer, you would have been toast. You would have suffered great harm. You would have, you would have endured things that you never thought possible. But God, your good shepherd, knew exactly what you needed for life, for growth, for strength. And he took care of you. There should be courage and comfort because he guards and guides. Paul writes to Timothy, and and I want us to see this this guarding of our heart, this guarding of our soul. We see that the blood of Christ and, and God's salvation give us hope as a guard for our soul and an anchor for our soul. So, so while a shepherd might have a, a rod to fend off animals, our good shepherd has given his life to defeat the greatest evil of all. So Paul writes this, Do not be ashamed or, or afraid right, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on God's power. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This this has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. There's that light on the horizon. There's victory in Christ. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. And that is why I suffer these things, He's suffering. There's a valley of the shadow of death he's in. But I am not ashamed. I'm not afraid because because I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. What an amazing, amazing encouragement. Paul, going through persecutions, extreme persecutions, ultimately to death. He says, I, I am persuaded. I, I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid to suffer because I'm persuaded. I'm, I know whom I believed. And I'm persuaded that he, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, is able to guard what he has entrusted to me until that day. What an encouragement we have. Our good shepherd guards us. He guards us with, with the, the blood that he shed, with the life that he's given us, as an anchor for our soul. Well, how does he then guide? Well, we see in 2 Peter 1.19, Peter says, We also have this prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Now, I could have chose a lot of verses to explain and see how how. Much impact the word of God should have on our hearts and lives and how it guides us. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our paths, right? Psalm 119. We see that there. But ultimately, I chose this verse because this idea, we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There's deep cavernous valleys with high rocks on each side and it's perilous journey with dark shadows cast everywhere. And what we see is we have the prophetic word, we have God's word, and we would do well in those times to pay attention to it. Why? It's as a light shining in a dark place. In that dark valley, there's a light that can shine. It's the word of God. It brings light, and and, and it shines like a lamp shining in a dark place until, how long? How long do do we let this guide us? Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. There will be a dawning. The sun is going to come up. God is going to have the ultimate victory, and you and I are going to rest in that redemption, in that restoration, in that renewal that he offers. Listen, we, we will go, or we are going through a dark valley right now. My encouragement is this, let Christ, our good shepherd, take your hand and guard your heart and guide your steps with his light as we trust in him. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you are our good shepherd. God, even when we don't fully understand what's going on, and and God, we don't understand why we're in this valley, help us to trust that not a single step of this journey is wasted, that you are still a good shepherd, that you are right beside us. You are holding our hand, guiding us through, guarding our hearts, God, set our hearts and our minds on the sunrise that is to come, the dawn that's coming. God, help us understand that we only walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not actual death. Because of Christ and his sacrifice, death has been defeated and and will never defeat us. We trust you. Increase our faith, increase our courage, and comfort us with the hope we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray it all in his name. Amen. God bless you guys.